Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I hunt and camp, and I'm not afraid of the woods. I still go solo backpacking. Back when I was in my early 20s, I went camping or hunting by myself in northern Georgia, near a town called Hiawassee. Camp was a mile or two down a sketchy dirt road, and I hiked up a mountain to a spot I liked to hunt another half mile or so. Anyway, it started to get dark, and it started to snow, and I didn't see any deer. So I gathered my gear and decided to head back to camp. When I got up and turned around, I was about 15 yards away from the biggest black bear I've ever seen. We locked eyes and I froze, easily a 500 pounds or more bear. All I had was my 12-gauge slugger. Thankfully, the bear turned and ran away. I slept in my car that night as I was alone out there. And for a while, I was afraid of camping alone that deep in the woods. Eric Johnson was a man who belonged to two worlds, the bustling realm of his family in the serene depths of the ocean, tall and muscular with a weathered face that spoke of countless hours spent under the sun. Eric possessed a rugged charm that matched his adventurous spirit. His salt and pepper hair framed a pair of piercing blue eyes that reflected his deep love for the sea. The ocean had always called to him, captivating his imagination with its mysteries and enchanting beauty. But hidden beneath Eric's love for the ocean was an unyielding fear, an unspoken dread of the unknown lurking within the deep. This fear had its roots in a childhood incident etched into his memory. As a young boy, Eric had witnessed a terrifying creature emerge from the shadowy depths of the ocean, its monstrous form haunting his dreams ever since. Despite this deep-rooted phobia, Eric couldn't resist the pull of the ocean's allure. It was as if an invisible force beckoned him to confront his fears, to unravel the mysteries that had plagued him for so long. 
And so, with trepidation and determination intertwined, Eric made the decision to embark on an expedition to an uncharted region of the ocean, an endeavor that would test his courage in ways he couldn't have imagined. Accompanied by a team of marine researchers and fellow divers, Eric descended into the watery abyss. The journey began with a mix of excitement and unease as strange and foreboding signs began to reveal themselves. A missing research vessel whispered tales of bizarre occurrences in the deep and eerie oceanic phenomena that defied rational explanation. All of these cast a haunting aura over the expedition. But it was during a routine dive beneath the weight of unfathomable depths that Eric's worst nightmares manifested into a chilling reality. As he maneuvered through the dark currents, a sudden shift in the water alerted him to a presence unlike anything he had encountered before. His heart raced as he turned to face the behemoth before him, a creature of colossal proportions, dwarfing any known species that inhabited the ocean's depths. Its massive form, resembling a monstrous shark from the pages of ancient legends, sent shivers down Eric's spine. Its cold, malevolent eyes pierced through the murky waters, locking onto his own, freezing him in place. The creature possessed a primal power that surpassed even that of the mighty white shark, an embodiment of pure terror that awakened every dormant fear within Eric's soul. In a frenzy of violence, the monstrous beast attacked the team, its ferocity leaving no room for escape. Panic consumed the divers, their futile attempts to ward off the creature only feeding its insatiable hunger. The once unified team became a scattered chaos, their cries swallowed by the unforgiving depths. But Eric, driven by an instinct for survival and a desperate will to defy his fate, found himself doing the unimaginable. He became the antithesis of his fellow divers, moving with calculated precision, dodging the creature's relentless assaults. His mind, fueled by fear and adrenaline, deciphered a pattern in its relentless attacks, a pattern he exploited to his advantage. Finally, a moment of opportunity arose. Eric seized it, swimming with every ounce of strength left in his battered body. In a burst of sheer willpower, he broke free from the clutches of the abyssal horror, ascending towards the surface where salvation awaited. Gasping for air, his heart pounding, Eric pulled himself onto the safety of the waiting boat. He glanced back at the haunting abyss, knowing deep within his soul that he would never return to those treacherous depths again. The harrowing encounter had forever altered his perception of the ocean, transforming it from a sanctuary of wonder to a realm of nightmares. As the boat sailed back to port, Eric carried with him the scars of his encounter, an indelible mark etched upon his spirit. In this report, I wish to remain completely anonymous. I'm a police officer, and I had a sighting of a strange humanoid werewolf-looking creature while patrolling a rural section of Baxter County, Arkansas. Another officer had spotted the creature at a four-way stop, and I was sent to investigate. When I arrived at the location, the peculiar-looking humanoid emerged and started walking across one of the roads, disappearing quickly into the nearby brush. As it turns out, this area has a long history of werewolf-type activity, along with unexplained animal deaths and disappearances. Unfortunately, I didn't have enough time to assess the creature's size before it vanished into the wooded area. I conducted a search of the location and found several sets of tracks on the dirt roads, but due to recent rainfall, they were not clear enough to determine what might have been responsible. This report is the only official complaint from an officer thus far, although other officers from the same department have come forward to share their knowledge of the area. One officer even mentioned that his own grandfather had told him about a werewolf-like creature living in this vicinity. Due to its remote location, very few people ever venture there, and there had been no other reports until now. Since then, a strange and the stories about strange and disturbing creatures has emerged from around the world. 
Some reports, including those on sites like Reddit, mention sightings of werewolf-like creatures. While this is not a new phenomenon, as there have been reports of such beings for centuries in America, one incident stood out among the others. The incident involved a mother and child who witnessed what they believed to be a Bigfoot near their home, just outside of town. They managed to position themselves with a camera and started recording. What followed would be familiar to those who have seen werewolves before. The description given resembled a dog or wolf suffering from mange, which causes hair loss and other physical ailments. However, there was an important note, the apparent foul smell emitted by this sickly-looking animal. Yes, dogmen, Bigfoot, and werewolves have all been associated with strong odors, and this particular sighting seemed highly likely considering the location. Similar sightings have been reported in these parts, and the locals are aware of what they might be encountering. Another report involved two separate officers, each with their own stories about encounters, while patrolling this specific part of Arkansas. Most of these encounters took place at night, and although there is little information available about them, witnesses commonly describe the creatures as being around five to six feet tall, gaunt and thin. Glowing eyes are also frequently mentioned, which seems to be a common characteristic among these types of encounters. One officer shared that while in the same area he observed something moving swiftly into the trees. At first he thought it might be an animal, but then he heard another report over his radio about a Bigfoot sighting nearby. This proximity unsettled him, making him uncertain about what he had truly witnessed. In yet another report, a pilot flying his small plane around 5 a.m. encountered what appeared to be a massive, hairy creature. Several other pilots in the rural region of Arkansas had also spotted it. According to the officer, residents of these areas have been sharing stories for years about encountering these strange creatures and some claim to know people who hunt them. Among the most intriguing encounters, I found one involving a police officer from Cowling County. He responded to an animal complaint near the town of De Quincey one evening. As he arrived at the scene, he saw two sets of eyes peering from behind a nearby tree, emitting an extremely bright glow. This was his first sighting of what he believed to be a huge canine-like creature. However, when it opened its mouth and let out an otherworldly growl, he backed away in fear. The officer described the creature as approximately eight feet tall, covered in dark, smoky fur. Lastly, the final sighting occurred on Highway 165 near Wilmer, where another officer had responded to a call about children claiming to have seen a Bigfoot or wolf-like figure. According to their description, this entity had very long arms, hands resembling those of a raccoon or a human, and it was enough to frighten the officer away from the scene. At that time, I was a Presbyterian minister, visiting the bustling city of Chicago with my young son. Our purpose for being there was to explore the wonders of the Museum of Science and Industry, a place that promised to ignite our imaginations and inspire our curiosity. Little did we know that our visit would take an unexpected turn into the realms of mystery and intrigue as we navigated the labyrinthine corridors of the museum. Marveling at the exhibits that unfolded before our eyes, we inadvertently strayed from the well-trodden path. The hallways seemed to twist and turn, leading us deeper into the heart of the building, away from the familiar attractions that drew the attention of other visitors. Lost in this maze of unfamiliar territory, we stumbled upon a room that seemed out of place, as if it existed in a different dimension from the rest of the museum. The air hung heavy with an aura of secrecy and anticipation. Our eyes were drawn to a large glass case that stood in the center, its contents obscured by a veil of curiosity. As we approached the case, our senses tingling with anticipation, we were confronted by a sight that defied explanation. Within the glass enclosure lay small humanoid bodies, their forms eerily preserved for all eternity. They possessed a delicate fragility, 
yet their presence emanated another worldly energy that sent shivers down our spines. Before we could fully process the gravity of what we were witnessing, a group of men descended upon us, their purpose as enigmatic as the beings encased in glass. They demanded my immediate attention, forcibly guiding me to a secluded corner of the room. Papers were thrust before me, demanding my signature without explanation or respite. Fear mingled with confusion as I complied, their stern gazes leaving no room for defiance. I was granted no opportunity to question or resist. The ordeal was over as abruptly as it had begun, and we were allowed to leave the weight of secrecy heavy upon my conscience. Confounded by the enigmatic encounter, my young son and I departed the museum, carrying with us a story that defied conventional explanation. Years later, in 1974, my son, now grown, recounted the bizarre incident to Sharon Larson of the Center for UFO Studies. The memories resurfaced, a reminder of the extraordinary circumstances we had encountered within the Museum of Science and Industry. The details were etched in our minds, forever ingrained in our family's history. To this day, the questions linger. What was the significance of those small humanoid bodies? Who were those men that compelled me to sign those mysterious papers? The answers remain elusive, hidden within the depths of an enigma that continues to captivate the imagination of those willing to explore the uncharted realms of possibility. On March 22, 2013, I, Officer Mike Milnor was checking out a report of missing livestock in the area around Luca Chukai, Arizona. I joined Navajo officers in the search and investigation, hoping to find some clues as to where the animals had been taken. We couldn't find any dead animals initially, but Officer Larry Wanuka soon discovered heavy footprints that belonged to a single set of tracks. These tracks led us towards a valley nestled between two close-together cliffs, and there we found the gruesome scene where the animals had been killed and taken, their throats ripped open and tongues removed. I decided to climb up into one of the cliff areas armed with my rifle, keeping watch for any signs of more of these creatures. What happened next was truly astonishing. I later shared the experience exclusively with cryptozoologists. Recalling how, while I was at my post, I heard the sound of something large approaching. I couldn't see anything, but I kept hearing it get. Closer and closer, I recounted. I turned on my light and saw a towering dark figure about 15 to 20 feet away. It was huge, yet its features were indistinct. No eyes, no mouth, just plain skin covering its body. It was completely naked devoid of any identifiable gender characteristics. Before I could react, the being swiftly darted away. It was just a crazy moment. I've been working in this area for about ten years now, and I've never heard of or seen anything like that, I added. While I mentioned the notion of skinwalkers, I must admit that I don't believe it was one. However, my knowledge of Navajo mythology and folklore is limited. Nevertheless, my department chief seems to have an idea about the identity of the creature we encountered, referring to a specific shaman. Initially, we laughed it off, I concluded, but after witnessing what this entity did to our animals, there's no doubt in my mind that it exists. It's worth noting that skinwalkers have long been a topic of speculation. While many Navajo people believe in them, state and law enforcement officials often remain skeptical. Back in 2009, a viral video supposedly showing an upright walking figure stirred intrigue. It marked the first time an officer had such a close encounter with one of these creatures. In 2011, the FBI released documents about skinwalkers, but they were largely dismissed and never gained traction in the mainstream media. These leaked documents are now nearly impossible to find. When contacted, the Navajo Nation Police Department, or NNPD, offered no comment on the story. They seem to be extremely cautious about what they choose to publicize and respond to, likely aiming to downplay any rumors or accusations.
My name's Dean. I used to be a ranger of the Great Smoky Mountains National Park located in Northern Carolina. I was guiding a group of Spanish tourists and none of them knew English. Our communication was more than terrible. I left them near a river returning to base. Two hours go by. I returned to see if everybody was fine and if nobody was lost. We went back to a safe place. The afternoon was turning into night and being there would be extremely dangerous. We arrived and one of the tourists told me that we'd forgotten somebody, a young woman with a notebook. He told me she was trying to collect some data about birds and insects. Immediately I went to search for her. I took everything I had before going. I told everybody to stay there and I'd be back in a half hour flat. The forest was dark. The insect noises. I heard her distressed call near the river. I arrived there and she was being attacked by bats. I grabbed my gun, firing several shots into the air. The bats fled and the woman had some superficial bite wounds. She panicked and fainted. I waited for her to recover, then took her back to the safe place so I can get her first aid. We were walking. She was having some difficulties even if I was helping her. The forest was dark and suddenly began to rain. As we walked harder, some hours have passed, and we had arrived. The other tourists were waiting for our return and became shocked at what had happened. I gave her first aid. All the tourists asked to get back to the city. I told them that would not be possible in that condition. It was raining a lot, the track was wet, and we would all probably suffer accidents. I told everybody to sleep, and when the morning appeared, the young woman was dead. Her body had more wounds than last night. An old man had some bite wounds on his left arm and did not wake up. His wife had tried to wake him, but when he finally woke, he had a severe heart attack and died. The old woman in tears. The other two tourists tried to calm her down and asked me what happened. After hours of searching, night came, and this time I was completely alone. Five years of working as a ranger of this park gave me the knowledge to be prepared for anything, or so I thought. At midnight, I heard a strange noise sounding like a huge airplane or something. I decided to go see what was happening. I arrived and saw something that nobody would believe in my words. Giant bats, and I'm not talking about regular bats. These were massive, the size of humans. And what's worse is I saw them in the light. They were human hybrids, part human, part bat and they were devouring the body of a wolf with hands and claws and a face that looked like a demon. I panicked, running faster than I could. These things saw me flying off in the sky and taking my direction, almost trying to catch me. The woods were dark, and my light only prevailed through so much darkness. I entered a small cavern that would provide me ample coverage. I guess you can call it a cavern. It was more like a little outing in the wall but they were flying in the air, looking for me. They looked like large, deformed black dogs, taller than humans, red eyes, and long tails. I shot at one of them, and they came screaming in my direction. I waited for the right moment to run, returning back when I had arrived. I could still hear them flying around in the distance. I told everybody to keep quiet, immediately radioing my boss, telling him we have an issue. He asked that I speak with him in private as it sounded like he kind of already knew what was going on. When I spoke to him, he threw some paperwork in front of me and told me to sign it. It was an NDA. He looked at me and told me, This is not going to be the first time you have to sign these. Better get used to it on this job, which is why I have to be very careful with my identity. At the beginning of this story, I told you my name was Dean. Obviously, I'm sure you've already guessed that's not my real name. It's merely a placeholder. I guess there are several other rangers who have seen these same bats. What they are, I'm not sure. Could they be the elusive Bat-Squatch? Possibly. But they looked far more hideous, and unlike a Bat-Squatch, they were not covered in hair. They were far worse. Unfortunately, not always, as it seems in these national parks, and many of these things we're told to keep quiet about. All I can say is for anyone wanting to venture out at night, be very, very careful whether you're in a national park or not.
A peaceful Mohican village was nestled in the heart of the forest. Men, women, and children were engaged in their everyday tasks, cooking, crafting, and storytelling. Suddenly, a deafening roar shattered the tranquility. Panic ensued as the villagers looked towards the nearby woods, fear etched on their faces. An unknown predator, monstrous and swift, lunged out of the woods. The villagers scrambled to defend themselves, wielding spears and bows. Chaos and desperation filled the air. The predator unleashed a fury upon the Mohicans, attacking with relentless ferocity. Men, women, and children fall victim to its savage onslaught. Amidst the chaos, only one man, Winged Hawk, manages to survive. Covered in dirt and blood, he clutches a wounded arm, pain etched on his face. Winged Hawk looks around, his eyes filled with a mix of horror and determination. Tears stream down his face as he gazes at the lifeless bodies of his fellow tribesmen, voice trembling. I'll do my vengeance. Winged Hawk rises to his feet his body filled with a newfound resolve. He glances towards the dark woods, his eyes burning with a mix of rage and sorrow. Winged Hawk prepares himself for the journey ahead. He dons a ceremonial headdress adorned with feathers symbolizing his connection to his ancestors. With a solemn expression, Winged Hawk tightens the grip on his bow and arrows. He carries a tomahawk, his weapon of choice, in his quest for vengeance. Winged Hawk ventures deep into the dense forest, his footsteps determined and unwavering. He navigates through thick undergrowth and treacherous terrain. Winged Hawk discovers a hidden cave, a place filled with ancient symbols and remnants of his tribe's history. He kneels, bowing his head in prayer and seeking guidance from his ancestors. Winged Hawk emerges from the cave, infused with spiritual strength and resolve. He knows he must confront the unknown predator that decimated his people. Winged Hawk arrives at an abandoned temple, its crumbling walls a testament to the passage of time. Shadows dance around him, as if the forest itself holds its breath. The unknown predator emerges from the shadows, its eyes gleaming with malicious intent. Winged Hawk locks eyes with the beast, unflinching in the face of imminent danger. A fierce battle ensues, the clash of weapons and roars filling the air. Winged Hawk fights with unmatched agility and skill, his every movement calculated and precise. With each strike, Winged Hawk feels the weight of his fallen tribe on his shoulders. Determination fuels his every action as he refuses to yield, unleashing his vengeance upon the predator. Winged Hawk lands a fatal blow striking true and bringing the unknown predator to its knees. As it takes its final breaths, Winged Hawk gazes into its eyes, a mix of triumph and sorrow in his own. Winged Hawk kneels beside the lifeless predator, his hand gently touching the beast's hide. A single tear falls, carrying the weight of his people's loss and the fulfillment of his vengeance. I was stationed in Anbar province, Iraq tasked with watching over a bridge that spanned some railroad tracks. It was October 31st and a freak electrical storm suddenly rolled in, casting an eerie atmosphere over the area. As the storm intensified, I couldn't help but notice that the antennas on my upper marred vehicle began to flicker and emit an otherworldly glow resembling those glass electricity balls I used to play with as a kid. It was an unsettling sight, to say the least. What made the situation even spookier was the fact that my second truck was positioned about one kilometer away, keeping a watchful eye on another section of the road. With the storm raging and the night being Halloween night, we felt isolated and alone in the darkness. To ease our apprehension, I made the decision to flip the truck around so that my turret faced the bridge. This way, both the driver and I could maintain a watchful gaze on our surroundings, ensuring our safety. As the hours wore on, the storm continued to unleash its fury upon us. The rain fell in torrents, drumming relentlessly on the vehicle's metal exterior. The occasional thunderclaps rattled our nerves, accentuating the already tense atmosphere. 
It was a night like no other, filled with an uncanny sense of being watched. Despite the swirling fears and unease that had settled upon us, the night passed without any notable incidents. By the time morning finally arrived, we breathed a collective sigh of relief, eager to leave the bridge behind and put the unsettling experience behind us. Nothing out of the ordinary had occurred, yet the memory of that night would forever remain etched in our minds. Looking back, it was a surreal and bizarre encounter, a Halloween night like no other. Whether it was a mere trick of the storm or something more supernatural, I couldn't say for certain. So this is a story comes from a very, very close family friend of my grandpa. His name is Neil. He's the kind of person that wouldn't lie about something like this, and I honestly believe his story. This story was told while I was on a hunting trip with my grandpa father, a few of my uncles, Neil, and one or two other people. I don't know exactly how the conversation led to talking about strange and unknown things seen in the wild, but here we were. This was a few years ago, so forgive me if I've forgotten some details. Neil's story a few years back, he described it to be about early 90s. Myself and one of my friends had gotten permission to go and hunt jackrabbits on another one of my friend's property out in a very remote part of Western I.D. I can't remember exactly where. But they had come an hour or two from the wiser area in I.D. The property was out in the middle of the desert, quite far from any small town or city. We entered on the north side of the property over a cattle guard and through a gate. The property was kinda in a valley and was divided into a very large flat, or er, plain, mostly on one half, and then on the other was a very large hill that spanned the length of the private land and had an elevation of probably 200 to 300 feet, give or take. That night, we had been working the flatter part of the land with the spotlight on my truck and flashlights in hand, shooting the rabbits. It was a clear night, and the moon was probably three-fourths full, so it was relatively easy to see some elements of the property by the moonlight. We started a little after dusk, and by this time it was about midnight, and we're about two, three yards down the length of the property when we heard this unhuman, blood-curdling scream come from the eastern side where the hill ran. I looked at my friend, and we both froze. We were at the truck using the spotlight looking for rabbits when it happened. We were probably 200 to 300 yards from base of the hill. So the top of the hill was probably another 100 yards or so from the base to the top. As I started to scan the hillside with my scope, the creature had screamed again. I then followed the sound and saw a tall, lanky, humanoid figure standing with the upper half of its body silhouetted against the sky at the top of the hill. I had fired a shot toward it from my point .22, knowing it wouldn't make it to the creature. But I wanted to try and get it to move up and over the hill so I could get a better look at it. But instead, then, this thing started to move down the hill toward us. Right after that happened, we booked it the closest side of the property, found a gate, and shot the lock off and drove away from there as fast as we could. To this day, I still don't know what I saw, but it scared the shit out of me. So there's Neil's story to the best of my recollection. I would love to hear what y'all think, Skinwalker, Wendigo, let me know. In high school, my friend and I, both 17 male, we'll call him Jay, frequented trails to go for smoke walks. On this fall afternoon, we went to a familiar trail in a moderately wooded area. One blunt into our walk, and an odd man comes on our path. He startled us. He was middle-aged and plainly dressed, but I think he had some condition. He looked like a stocky Ethan Hawk with crazy eyes, and he spoke to us like a child. The childish man was rambling about Hyde, and Go Seek frantically asking, Have you seen two kids? Jay and I were both puzzled. We took obvious note of the creepy man in the woods asking about kids, but we didn't know what to do or say. We ignored him and continued on the trail to spark another. On our way back to the trail access, we see the childish man on the path, yet now with a tall, slim man. 
Jay urged me to get us out of there. Jay was all. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Already non-confrontational, and we both felt an eerie tension. Yet the whole thing was fishy, and I didn't want to regret doing nothing if some kids were at risk. I asked why the hell is your friend asking about some kids? They both give the same weird hide and go seek with two kids. The tall man claimed to be the father. He was more with it than his childish companion. He kept questioning my concern for his kids. The tall man was getting angry, veering on threatening. I had a bad gut feeling, but decided to leave this whole weird encounter behind. Yet on our way out of the woods, we see a boy and a girl stand up from a wheat field. They just rose up like a poem. I observed to see if they needed help. Yet they were cheerfully waving at us. I held a thumbs up and they signaled back. I got in the car with Jay. We got the hell out of there. Was it just a good father and uncle playing innocent games with their two kids? Was I being nosy and blowing things out of proportion? To this day, I bear an uneasy guilt anxiety for those kids. I never thought to write about this story. Jay and I still reminisce on it. I'll never forget the moment we first came upon the childish man. Edit, I just want to clarify that this was almost definitely a harmless case. However, at the time, it was so fishy that I was positive we were being filmed in a special Woodland episode of What Would You Do? That said, I was also aware at the time that the first man more than likely had a disability of some kind. His appearance at first was truly startling, and the comportment of the tall man definitely raised my suspicions. Hi everyone, my partner and I just got back from a long camping trip in northern Arizona. Marble Canyon, Vermilion Cliffs, and finally in the Kaibab National Forest, where this encounter took place. We were driving off-roading all day on the forest roads deep in the forest, near the north rim of the Grand Canyon. We were hunting hard for the perfect camping spot, and it was starting to get dark, and my partner was getting frustrated. So we told ourselves, we'll go to the end of the next trail and camp there. Unfortunately, where that trail ended was at an expansive burn scar, forest that was completely wiped out by fire last summer. Very few living trees remained standing. It was spooky, but we decided to make the best of the situation. After getting camp set up and eating dinner, we were just hanging out by the fire. We started hearing some snapping branches in the woods and light up our flashlights. We see nothing. I grab my shotgun just in case. At this point, we're trying to be as quiet as possible, listening very intently to the woods. It was a clear night, but no moon. It was very dark beyond the reaches of the firelight. Then we hear what sounds like a whisper of a woman. We try so hard to make out the words, but it sounded foreign, like another language. It shortly thereafter grows to a crying sound, then turns to wailing like someone in incredible pain. We were absolutely terrified at this point. The sound eventually stops, and we started to feel very unwelcome and very cold. We knew immediately this was a very strange paranormal experience, but not sure if this like a skinwalker or maybe just a ghost. What do you think? 
I travel often for work, and I was driving through New Mexico on a I-40. I drive about 40-50,000 miles a year, and I have never seen anything paranormal. I have driven this route, but not for about four years. I'm driving west on I-40 and out of the blue. I spotted a blur moving down the hill mountain at a ridiculously fast speed. In a span of about five seconds, my brain did its best to make sense of what I was seeing. Coyote was the first thing that came to mind the way it was moving. Looked like a canine. The next thing I realized was that this thing was huge. Maybe the size of a horse. I've often seen horses run down the fence lines on hills, and that was my next thought. But the shape was wrong. The speed was also way off. This creature was flying down the side of this mountain. The whole time I'm really not feeling anything but confusion, and nothing is really registering. It's off just because it's happening so fast. I have a thought that we are going to meet at a point about two to three hundred yards down the road. So I think to myself, when I drive by, I'll get a closer look. When I passed where we should have met, there was nothing. No fence, no houses, nothing to explain a horse. There was no sign of the animal, like it just ran through a portal or something. There were no shrubs trees or anything that could have hidden the animal. At this point, I got a very eerie sense of dread, like I had to get away. I pulled into a gas station about 30 men down the road. This is what really creeped me out. I felt like I couldn't trust anyone. I had this uncomfortable feeling of mistrust and suspicion. I felt like everyone I came across knew what I saw. Normal, everyday people. It's like I felt I was going to run into someone or something dangerous. I drove on through Gallup and up to Shiprock and into Cortez. I can't shake the feeling of fear and couldn't bring myself to shower late at night in a strange hotel. I've never been one to believe in paranormal stories, but I just can't explain to myself what this was. I keep thinking about it, and I just can't logically explain it. Horse-sized wolf, canine dairy gray hair with white belly. Fast, extremely fast. Has anyone ever seen anything similar in the area? I'm from Texas, never been around reservations or Native America much. I'm just very confused and would like to hear about anything similar. A military man, John, went outside to have a smoke. He lives in the hills surrounding Deadwood, South Dakota. He spotted two kids walking up a hill. They stopped and looked at John, which spooked him. They were wearing hoodies and looked very strange. Their eyes were completely black. They started to come across the street, walking directly towards John, who introduced himself to them. They continued to advance towards him. Frightened, he retreated into the house. Inside, he asked his wife if she heard him talking to the kids. She never heard anything. They soon went to bed. John then noticed one of the boys outside his window. He rushed to bolt the front door, as one of them was there too. He never made it to the door. For whatever reason, he turned around and went back to the bedroom, where he saw the boy standing outside his window. He went to grab his pistol. He wanted to scare them off. He assumed they were wearing masks. One was at the window and another was at the door. He was extremely scared now. The next thing he remembered was waking up in bed. His wife informed him that he had been gone for an hour and a half. I did hear the door open and close. You weren't there, she told him. John had left the house at 4 a.m. and didn't return home until 5.30 a.m. I stood atop the remote watchtower in the heart of the White River National Forest, Colorado. The breathtaking beauty of the vast wilderness stretched out before me, a canvas of nature waiting to be explored. As a diligent park ranger named Zoe... I took my responsibilities seriously, ensuring the safety of visitors and the preservation of this pristine environment. But there was more to me than just the uniform I wore. In my free time, I embraced my passion for art, wielding a paintbrush instead of a ranger's guidebook. The wilderness inspired me, and I would often capture its magnificence on canvas, the colors dancing across the white expanse, bringing the landscape to life. 
As dusk settled over the forest, the once familiar tranquility gave way to an eerie stillness. A chill ran down my spine, and I sensed a presence lurking in the shadows. Beyond the reach of my watchful eyes, unseen entities tormented me during the night, whispering dark secrets that seemed to seep into my very being. Their voices echoed through the trees, playing mind games that threatened to unhinge my sanity. Driven by a mix of curiosity and apprehension, I stepped outside the watchtower, determined to confront the enigma that haunted my nights. I cautiously moved through the underbrush, my senses heightened and heart pounding. And then I saw it, a figure in the distance, a predator with the shape of a bipedal dogman, its eyes gleaming with an unnatural intelligence. Fear surged through me, but I refused to let it paralyze me. With trembling hands, I reached for the weapon holstered at my side, knowing that my only chance of survival lay in facing this unknown creature head on. I shouted into the darkness, demanding answers, demanding to know why it tormented me. In a flash, the dogman lunged, its razor-sharp claws tearing through the air. Instinct took over, and I fought back, battling the beast with all my strength. Pain seared through my body as its claws found their mark, but I refused to yield. In a desperate struggle, I managed to seize my gun, aiming for the creature's heart. The shot rang out, piercing the night, and the dogman's agonized scream echoed through the forest. With newfound resolve, I held my breath, waiting for backup to arrive. The creature, wounded and startled, fled into the darkness, leaving me battered and bloodied but alive. Backup arrived to find me unconscious, lying amidst the wilderness I had sworn to protect. They whisked me away to safety, my body battered but my spirit unbroken. As I regained consciousness, I knew that my encounter with the dogman was not the end, but a beginning. A testament to the unseen dangers that lurked within the depths of the forest. In the days that followed, as I recovered, I delved deeper into the legends and lore of the area seeking answers to the mysterious entity that had attacked me. It became clear that I had stumbled upon a hidden world where myth and reality converged in the darkest corners of the White River National Forest. And so, armed with knowledge and an unwavering determination, I returned to my post atop the watchtower. The paintbrush in my hand became not only a tool of artistic expression, but a symbol of resilience. I vowed to protect this wilderness, not only from the tangible threats, but from the unseen forces that sought to unravel its delicate balance. The wilderness watched over me as I stood strong, ready to face whatever terrors may come. For in the heart of the forest, amidst the whispers of the unknown, a park ranger named Zoe embraced her duty with unyielding courage, ensuring that the secrets of the wild remain just that, secrets forever entwined with the untamed beauty of nature. I had one of the most terrifying experiences of my life as a police officer in Beaver Township, Ohio. It was the early morning hours of October 25th, 2018, around 5.3 a.m. I was on patrol with three other officers from the Beaver Police Department driving down a desolate road called Davis Road. As we were driving, something caught our attention near the edge of the road, so we decided to pull over and investigate. Out of nowhere, a massive figure resembling a man appeared before us. It stood about seven feet tall and was so close to our car that we could have reached out and touched it. The sight was chilling. Its face was elongated and bony, with huge fangs protruding from its mouth. Its eyes were dark reminiscent of a shark's gaze. We couldn't believe what we were seeing. Before this encounter, we had noticed movement along one of the roads within our line of sight, but we weren't sure what it was. Our curiosity got the better of us, and we decided to follow it. As we reached the spot where it had been seen, all four of us witnessed the creature in full view. It was unbelievably close, and we felt as though it could pounce on us at any moment. One of my fellow officers said, it was like nothing I've ever seen before, and the rest of us agreed. The creature defied any explanation. I immediately knew it wasn't a bear or any known creature. It took only seconds for our eyes to adjust, 
and we could clearly see the details of this extraordinary being. Strangely, it seemed to emit its own light source, making it easily visible. The whole experience was surreal and unnerving. We watched as the creature disappeared into the nearby bushes. Two of us left our post to join the other two, forming a group to investigate further. However, our search yielded no additional sightings. All we found was a large hoof mark in the area and some broken bones, among other things. We discussed our encounter and the lack of evidence. It was frustrating because we knew what we had seen, but we also knew that finding proof would be nearly impossible. We were convinced that if this incident made it to the news, it would be quickly retracted or dismissed. It's encounters like these that make us realize how strange and inexplicable our world can be. We are reminded that there are mysterious phenomena and creatures out there lurking in the shadows. Even though we may never find concrete evidence, we share our experiences to shed light on the unknown and to let others know that sometimes the truth lies beyond what we can comprehend. My brother and I were camping outside of Wasp, Tennessee, at the foothills of the Appalachians. Me, him, and two dogs were sitting around a fire at around 2 a.m. A rock the size of a basketball came hurling off the top of the rock face that was about 50 foot up in an arch that landed just short of our fire. We thought maybe it had just rolled from higher up and got some speed, but then we heard growling, not like a mountain lion or a bear much deeper. Our dogs, who were very quiet hunting dogs, began growling with their legs between their tails. We noped right into the tent and got our rifles, like something that can hurl a friggin' rock like cares about bullets. Another time, my uncle and I were hunting South Alabama in a giant old pine tree orchard. We stumbled upon around 15 deer carcasses up in the top of the trees. We summed it up to poachers and went on our way. Once we were in the deer stand, we heard screaming like a woman, but so guttural it made my skin crawl. And for the first time in my life, I saw fear in that man's eyes. He looked me in my face, said, Fib, this bullshit, and started gathering our gear. Later on, one of his good friends, full Native American, explained that the sound was a wendigo. I don't know if he was screwing with us or not, but I've never heard a sound like that before. Took me a couple years to go in the woods before or after daylight again. When I was 15, I was at a Boy Scout camp in Illinois. My tent mate was sick, so he went home on Tuesday. Wednesday night, I'm alone in my tent, and I heard what heard like thuds. Between 10 and 12 a minute. I thought little of it and went to sleep. Thursday night, alone again. I need to take a shit about 1 a.m. I walk up to the latrine, and behind me, I start to hear those thuds. Someone is chopping wood with our troops axe at 1 in the morning. Someone who then stops, looks directly at me, and then walks away into the woods. I've never been so scared in my life. I heard laughing accompanying the chopping later that night. I reported it to the camp staff, and they did an investigation, which revealed that others heard what I had, and one had even seen the same thing. And to this day, five years later, it's come up empty. This wood chopper hasn't reappeared, and it was confirmed not to be a camper or a staff member. One time, my boyfriend and I were camping out in the wilderness. It was probably close to around 11 p.m. or midnight, and we're both in our tent, laughing and talking before we fall asleep. His dad and stepmom are both doing the same about 50 feet away from us in a camper. The conversation died for a second, and as it was quiet, we hear a freaking roar. Imagine a man full-on roaring, like the most anguished yell I've ever heard before in my life, only it wasn't a man. It was close to it, but way bigger, way more powerful sounding. There's no doubt in my mind that this was not human, but I couldn't think of a single animal it actually matched up with. Neither of us are new to the wilderness. 
He grew up in that forest and has probably slept more nights out there than he could count. I'm a really big camping nature enthusiast myself and have heard so many different animals make so many different noises. As this is going on, both of us are completely paralyzed, so I know he can hear it right along with me. The noise dies out, and as soon as it's been quiet for more than a few seconds, dozens upon dozens of coyotes start answering back in every direction. Yipping, crying, just everything in this dead quiet forest is completely filled with them calling all over. This goes on for what feels like forever before the yell comes back out again. All of the coyotes stop at once. The only thing you can hear is that roar. It sounds like it's miles away from us, but right next to us simultaneously. The coyotes all stayed completely silent after that. Both of us have been quiet, listening the entire time. Then the yell goes dead. There's no noise after. The entire forest is silent, and it takes me a minute to ask if he heard it, already knowing that he did. He told me yes, no tone in his voice, just flat and fast. Yes, so I sat frozen in my spot and tried thinking of every animal I've ever heard. In the wild at the zoo, on nature documentaries, the closest thing I can think of is a person, but almost more primitive, way bigger, more powerful, more wild. I asked him, do you know what that was? Have you ever heard anything like that before? He answers with the same dead tone. No, I've never heard that before. Both of us agreed that despite going through every animal in the almanac we could think of, every state of all those animals, hungry, mating, challenging, dying, that could produce that kind of noise, or what kind of animal could be big enough to even make that kind of call, let alone with that, much range and depth, nothing. The next morning we didn't even have to say anything. His dad and stepmom started the morning by asking if we heard it. They said Bigfoot first. Just for the record, I don't disagree at all. This is exactly how I decided that I believed in Sasquatch. I've searched on YouTube and I've found some really similar calls. Nothing is matched perfectly, depth, length of call, that sort of thing. But some of them are almost so spot on that I don't have a problem thinking they're made from the same thing. I came to this thread to read other sassy stories, but haven't found one yet, so I figured I'd throw in mine. This happened about three years ago, and I want to hear it again so bad so I can try to record it. I'll be completely open to somebody suggesting an alternative to what it was, but I promise it wasn't any of these things. Cougar, bear, bobcat, lynx, elk, deer, fox, osprey, squirrel, porcupine, beaver, wolf, coyote, person really drunk, high person, songbird, insect, mouse, dog, this is what my mind looked like just trying to find an answer. Definitely one of the craziest few minutes of my life. I used to live in Spain because my father was a government official. We lived near an area that was frequented by pilgrims. I saw a few dead bodies while I was there. A lot of the pilgrims are really old and... They can't handle the physical toll the, the hike takes, so they suddenly drop dead, or they rest on the side of the road and they never wake up again. I once had the displeasure of seeing one of the corpses up close. The face on the dead woman was contorted. She looked terrified like death had taken her by surprise. As for supernatural, I remember in 2013 I got up early and I traveled to a path that was frequented by pilgrims. I wanted to go stargazing, and there was relatively little light pollution out in the countryside. When I arrived at my usual spot, I noticed there was a man in brown robes not too far off in the distance. When I yelled a greeting towards him, he turned his face towards me. He was unnaturally pale, as if he were a corpse or gravely ill. His eyes were bloodshot, and he looked like he was crying. He said not a word to me and turned around again continuing to stare off into the distance. I remained for a few minutes, but shivers kept running through my spine, and I decided I shouldn't be there, so I left. Later that evening, a train derailed at Santiago de Compostela, which is the end point of the pilgrimage, and 80 people died. I think this is all a coincidence, and I probably met some sleepy pilgrim. 
but I told my grandma, and she said it was the spirit of St. James, the Muslim killer, as the pilgrim's path is dedicated to him. She says he was trying to warn me of the tragedy that was going to take place later that day. When I was younger, my dad and I went deep sea fishing all the time. The creepiest thing that ever happened to me was when we decided to do a little more surface fishing further out on the open ocean, rather than fish for grouper and whatnot. So I'm sitting with my feet off the edge of the boat and my dad hooks a fish. It seems pretty big based on the way it was pulling, so I look over to see if he needs help. Then something slowly brushes my legs. I looked down and there was a four or five geet barracuda brushing against my legs. I froze and seconds later it shot off. When my dad felt the line go slack, he started reeling in faster. The barracuda had bitten off most of the fish. It was only a mouth on a hook, really. Pretty creepy. Me and my grandpa were walking a deer trail along a five-foot-wide thicket with clear cuts on both sides. It was a peaceful day, with the sun shining through the trees and the sound of birds chirping in the distance. Little did we know that this walk would take a turn towards the mysterious and unknown. As we walked, engrossed in our conversation about hunting and the great outdoors, it was my grandfather who first noticed something strange. He abruptly stopped and muttered, What the bleep is that? His tone made me stop in my tracks and look in the direction he was pointing. There, in the soft soil near the trail, was the biggest footprint I had ever seen. It was deep and wide, easily twice the size of my own foot. The imprint resembled that of a giant creature, and I couldn't help but feel a shiver run down my spine. The kicker to all this was that it was my grandpa's last year of hunting. Due to a cataract in one eye, his doctor advised him to give up hunting. It was a bittersweet moment for him, as he had been an avid hunter his whole life. And now, in his final year, he stumbled upon something truly mysterious. Curiosity peaked. I began searching for any other signs that could lead us to the creature responsible for that enormous footprint. We scanned the surrounding area looking for tracks, broken branches, or any other evidence of its presence. But to our dismay, we couldn't find anything else. Despite the lack of additional signs, the sighting had spooked me enough to shift my focus from searching for deer to searching for what made that trek. When I was 12, I lived out in 29 Palms, California in the middle of the desert. One night around June 14, 2015, I remember being awake in the middle of the night to a black silhouette that was shaped just like a short gray. It was staring straight down at me and I was staring at its face. It had its hand on my forehead and its skin was so abnormally smooth, soft and warm. I was filled with pure love and tranquility. I intuitively knew that everything was going to be okay. My mind was completely clear of any thoughts, as if it was controlling my mind. And for some reason, it started making me count upward in my head. Once I got to three, I went unconscious. I eventually woke up again, still laying in bed, and everything in the room was the same except the entity was just gone. I sat up and immediately thought WEF was that, and what just happened? I was able to think again, and I was just so confused at what this all meant. I often question whether or not that intensely reassuring feeling was actually supposed to mean something, or if it was just a way for it to make me relax, so it could do what it came to do. But I just don't understand why it seemed to have let me remember that moment instead of making me just forget the entire experience. I may not ever know. This was in an area where there was a clear cut on the far side of the ravine which had a creek running through it. There was a logging road where I camped. If I remember correctly, there was a sign attached to a tree stating Dewalt 16. This was a few miles off the highway to Crater Lake and 50 miles from the parking lot at the Virginia Domiciliary at White City. 
The sound I heard was a loud blah, which I never heard before or since. It lasted perhaps three seconds, and I could not determine the exact direction. I did not try to discover the source of the sound, as there was thick underbrush. Earlier, there had been cattle in the area. Doors were tightly barred in Hong Kong as the search for a hairy beast unfolded. Terrified residents shared stories of a shaggy creature standing over six feet tall, sending waves of fear through the community. Among them was La Chu, a village gardener who had an encounter with the beast and lived to tell a tale. It was a day like any other when I found myself face to face with this mysterious creature. I was tending to my duties near the family temple, approximately fifty yards away, when the unthinkable occurred. Suddenly, out of the shadows, the beast appeared before me, its entire body covered in long, shaggy gray hair. To my astonishment, it stood upright, assuming a posture that resembled a human. Without a moment's hesitation, instinct took over, and I unleashed a powerful punch towards its stomach. The blow connected causing the creature to momentarily falter. However, my triumph was short-lived as it swiftly fell upon me, and we engaged in a desperate struggle. We grappled and wrestled, locked in a fierce battle for what felt like an eternity. Eventually, the creature abruptly disengaged, retreating into the distance, its form shifting as it loped away on all fours. I was left bewildered and shaken, trying to comprehend the surreal encounter that had just unfolded before my very eyes. The encounter had left an indelible mark on my psyche, forever etching the image of that shaggy beast into my memory. Not long after my encounter, the tales of this enigmatic creature continued to circulate. A woman reported witnessing a strange animal galloping past her vegetable garden, moving swiftly on all fours. As proof of her sighting, she presented large triangular footprints imprinted in the soft earth, distinctly different from those made by a human or an ape. The community was thrown into a state of uncertainty and fear as the search for answers intensified. Speculation swirled and theories were born, attempting to unravel the truth behind this hairy beast that had sent shockwaves through Hong Kong. As the days turned into weeks, the search for the creature continued, and the collective hope for understanding grew. But amidst the fear and uncertainty, there was also a sense of awe, a recognition that our world holds mysteries far beyond our comprehension. To this day, the memory of that encounter remains vivid in my mind. It serves as a constant reminder that in the vast tapestry of our existence, there are forces and creatures that defy conventional understanding urging us to embrace the enigmatic wonders that lie hidden within our world.